This is the High School Football America podcast for January 23rd, 2020. Heading to Spartanburg, South Carolina, where a very, very special event inside Super Bowl 54 will take place in in about uh, a little over a week right now. And uh, the new head coach at Spartanburg High School, Mark Hodge, is the guy that uh, he's probably going to have a tough time choosing who he's rooting for because he's got three former players uh, on the roster of Super Bowl uh, 54 uh, when the uh, the Chiefs take on the 49ers, uh, players that he coached uh, at, at former style. At at Chapman and Carolina High, and uh, we're going to talk about those three players uh, for the 49ers: Debo Samuel, uh, 49ers defensive tackle DJ Jones, and the Chiefs uh, Devereaux Lawrence. And Coach Mark Hodge is on the line. We've got a lot to cover here, Coach. Super Bowl, new gig, and a state championship uh, less than two months ago. Welcome to the show. I'm glad to be here. Thank you so much. Well, you know, let's start with the big one, which is, as I said, you you got some choosing to do here, evidently, <laughs> other than rooting for all your players. But uh, to have three players on a Super Bowl roster, or rosters, I should say, uh, I, I couldn't find if that's a record or not, but it's pretty darn near to the top, I would think. Uh, what would you think when you, you figured it out that you got three players in the big game? Yeah, it was pretty amazing, you know, when uh... – um, Debo got picked by the 49ers. It was it was really cool then that you had two players on, you know, one NFL team. And then um, uh, when you figured out, uh, you know, I knew going into the um, to the championship games that there was a chance that you know that that both teams could could make it. And as soon as they did, uh, it really didn't set in at first. Um, but then I thought back. You know, I've done this now for 23 years and uh, I've never had a player at all. Uh, make it to the Super Bowl, and then to have three and one is pretty uh, uh, is pretty spectacular. So we're just super blessed to to be able to claim that. Yeah, I've I've been doing this for forty plus years, and, and quite honestly, I don't remember ever reading a story or hearing about it. So it's it's definitely a big deal. We're talking with Mark Hodge on the High School Football America podcast tonight, uh, talking about uh, his players, three of them in Super Bowl Fifty Four, two for the Niners and uh, one for the Chiefs. And you know, I, I guess this is you know kind of a fun time for you to kind of think back, right? And and we all know all the stories right now that you know the NFL is not filled up with five and four stars. Some are three, some are not even a star in high. school school and all that uh give us a little snapshot of each player uh the, your memories of them uh when they were playing high school football yeah that's such a great lead-in too because um when i went to carolina high school it was pretty much referred as the worst football program in the state of south carolina um it was underfunded it was understaffed uh, you know it had a zero dollar budget they were had won like two games in the past 10 years um and uh so we go in we just felt like god led us to go there and uh um, a couple of guys went in with us, and, and we started putting a program together, and there were some, some good players. Um, but it was so bad that college coaches didn't even really come by um, just to see if you had any players. And uh, it's so ironic because, uh, you know, you couldn't get many coaches to come through, and, and now there's two playing in the Super Bowl. But uh, the first one that stands out is, is is Devereaux Lawrence, but he went by Jamal when I coached him. He's still Jamal to me. <laughs> and um, Jamal was this big mammoth young man, and, and he had gone through um, so many tough situations. Uh, it was a situation uh, at home was very rough. Um, I think him and his mom was in an abusive situation, and at one point in time, he, you know, he finally grew and, and, and kind of fought back for his mom and, and himself, and um, that didn't go as you think was planned. So then, for a while, um, you know, he was pretty much homeless, um, just kind of 
laid down where he where he could, and then a teammate who was another phenomenal player, um, Trey Ross took him in, and he lived with Trey, and um, you know, it was just a great football player. He was he was a great kid. Always had a huge smile on his face, but he still felt like he always had to fight just mm-hmm. um, for anything that he had. And so he graduates, and um, his grades were were poor. Um, his test scores were poor. Now. The last two years with me, he he did a real good job. You know, he was in some academic recovery classes and um, and and really, you know, put forth some effort. Um, and when he graduated, he he went to uh, tried to continue to play football because he told me all along his dream was I'm playing in the NFL, playing in the NFL. You know, mm-hmm. and being a high school coach, you're well. What's your backup plan? What's your <laughs> yep. you know? There is no backup plan, which is kind of amazing. You know, and uh, so he tried to dibble and dabble in a few things and. Um, Fortunately, at the time, this guy named Sam Kelly, who uh, owned a point of sale services company, um, had played at a uh, at Georgia Tech, and and Sam came on to kind of help us through some fellowship of Christian athlete stuff, and got tied in with Jamal a little bit, and and uh, really a lot. Uh, basically, adopted him uh, in the end, and uh, but got him uh, in Georgia military two years after he graduated. Uh, kept him down there, wouldn't go back and pick him up, and. <laughs> um, then he did well there, and, and uh, uh, actually, I think it was uh, Coach Muschamp, I believe, was looking at some film when he was at Florida um, on another player at Georgia Military, noticed Jamal. And then when he went to Auburn, um, they brought Jamal to Auburn, and from there, um, you know, he's he's gone on to an opportunity in the NFL. And, uh, Great story. That's, that's very dear to me. He's an example to my kids about just, you know, continue to persevere continued to fight through like he had a he had a knee surgery from Dr. Andrews and it didn't go right so he had to do it twice so it's just nothing's <laughs> been easy for him um and so to see where he is today um you know just being able to enjoy this is just such a you know testimony and a blessing to continue to try to do things the right way and then take us on to uh to DJ Jones yep so DJ was actually a year behind he was a um, a 10th grader and um you know the guy Trey that I mentioned earlier was really as good as as both of these two he was physically kind of in between the two um Jamal was a little bit taller than DJ and 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 so we had three ridiculously good um defensive linemen on one football team and uh but DJ was a little different story he's very well put together his dad is, is the mom of great people his dad owns Big Dave's barbecue He's actually done some things before um, they came to Carolina, actually, uh, with the Cowboys. Hmm. Um, and his dad actually did our pregame meals for us. Um, very supportive family. Uh, DJ is another great kid. Uh, he uh, um, did good in the classroom. He was a uh, just always had a smile on his face. I mean, if you see him now, he's just got that pureness about him. Uh, was a heck of a football player, super strong. So he, he brought a lot of stability, you know, where – because um, at Carolina, at one point, one year, um, it was an all-black football team. We didn't have any white kids on the team, and it was a, um, a situation where there was a lot of poverty. Um, we actually had some Hispanics, but every every player on the team was a minority. Mm-hmm. Um, but DJ brought a lot of, of structure, um, you know, just because it was such a, a, a poor economic situation um he brought stability to the to the team um and and some emotional stability and then you know his dad and his family helped bring some some resources that we may not have otherwise had um 
you know, at the place. So that they were a blessing altogether, just for being able to give things and, um, you know, and then from the relational side and the emotional side. And he was there. Uh, I coached him his sophomore and his junior year, and um, and was uh, then I left there um, to come to Chapman, mm-hmm. and then he transferred to Wren High School and played for Jeff Tate, who's another great guy, and was a Shrine Bowl player there. Um, but you know those two, it was fun to really watch them compete and go after it. And uh, you know, so it's it's just been real cool to see those two both go to the SEC, play against each other there, and and, and now get to play each other uh, in the Super Bowl. Very very cool. And then let's. Uh, I know I, I've seen some interviews. I guess you and, and Debo Samuel are still pretty tight from your days at Chapman. There, tell me a little bit about what you remember it, uh, about Debo. Yes, sir. Um, Debo and I are really close. Um, when I got to Chapman, uh, I knew he was a good player, and I remember one of our one of our first seven on sevens that we did. Um, he was late, and uh, I kind of laid into him pretty good. And, and I knew he had transferred to uh, to Chapman um, earlier in his in, in his career, and uh, so I kind of jumped on him and told him that he wasn't the best player I'd ever coached. That you know he could go back where he came from. He wasn't going to do things our way. And uh, um, little did I know at that time he was going to be the best player I ever coached. And uh, <laughs> he, he handled that really well. Um, he didn't transfer, thank goodness. Um, but he was basketball kid. He loved basketball. He was just playing football. And uh, we saw that summer that he was pretty good. And I'd been able to coach you know some other kids before. Um, DJ Moore, who played nickel for Chicago Bears, was just another player that I coached who was really really close to me. And um, so I'd seen some good players, but then I started noticing this kid's pretty special. Um, and then early in his his junior year, he was dominating some games, and he played multiple positions. He played mainly receiver, but he also played some defensive back. And um, and then he was kind of in a not a great academic situation. Well, we put in some new academic parameters and requirements, and he and I got close really doing a lot of that stuff. At one point in time, he didn't have a, a computer at home, so I would meet him on the weekends, and we would do some of his computer things that he had for classes. And um, so we got to talking and, you know, take him home and things that of that nature. And then his summer, of, between his junior and senior year, we were doing some seven-on-sevens, and he was by far the best player out there. And uh, um, we were actually at Spartan High one day, and, and – and, DJ Moore was there watching while he was still in the league. I'll never forget that he said at that time that Debo is as good now as some players that I currently cover in the NFL. Wow. Um, and then what was so wild is where we were, you know, football is such a great, uh, it's played so well in Spartanburg County that we were still five or six down on the totem pole of, of you know, what people would consider top quality programs. And he was dominating anybody and everybody. Um, and then he did that, you know, that season. And we developed the actual playing card um, situation to move him around the field. Like Ace of Spades put him at quarterback. And we had different different cards just for Debo to tell him which position on the field that we needed him <laughs> at that point in time. And uh, I think he had 2,000 yards receiving right at it and right at 1,000 yards rushing and Wow. You know, teams would try to double him, and so we'd put him in the backfield, and he played Wildcat quarterback, and he played safety and corner and a kick returner. I think in one game he scored five touchdowns, five different ways. Um, 
So he's just an amazing player. But he was so humble. And then his grades kept going up, and his test scores were going up. And the teachers loved him, and my children loved him, and he was just really dear to my kids. Um, you know, I have a desk in my top left desk drawer. I keep candy for my kids because I have three children. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they come in and they'll dig around. They know candy's in there. Well, Debo figured that out, and one day he came in and kind of smiled at me and, and just opened my drawer without asking. And he got a sucker and uh, he kind of looked at me and I just smiled at him. And, you know, basically he had the guts to try. I think he knew that I cared about him enough that he could do that. And, uh, but now there's only four people that's ever been in that drawer. My three children and him. Um, nice and we just story. came super close and all the way through, through, uh, college, we stayed close and, uh, and I adopted a little girl and, and, uh, he really took to her and he, he FaceTimes her before most ball games and, um, she calls calls him her bow friend, um, and she was him for Halloween. So we've just been really close throughout. Um, what I feel is when things are good, I'm checking on him, but then when he kind of gets nervous about stuff, then that's when he seeks me. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's he's just become a, a family member. He's he's like a son, but he's also like a friend, and he's also you know a, a former player. So it's just such a, a cool dynamics in our relationship you know he's just real dear to us and i'm super excited for you know what he's getting to do and it's not a surprise to me because you know i've been blessed to coach great players and against great players and i knew all along that that he was very uniquely special yeah no doubt about that and uh, just the story you tell there with all of them it's it's the beauty of the profession uh you know i i tell people around the country all the time with this this uh, mouthpiece that I'm, I'm blessed to have which is uh you guys don't know what coaches do they are more than coaches it's no longer four months a, a year it's it's around the clock it's it's a 365 so congrats on that i i, I guess uh, and we by the way folks we're listening to uh, mark hodge talk about his three players uh, former players in high school that are going to be playing in the super bowl between the the chiefs and the 49ers you got uh, two Niners and a Chief uh, obviously you want them all to play and all to do well uh, can, can you pick a favor is that 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 uh, fair to ask you who you want <laughs> to win no I'm, I just I'm hoping they all do really really well the game goes in about you know as many overtimes as it can and lasts as long as it can and then one of those makes a play to win it yeah um, that would be perfect so there you go but but either way the the here the stories when they get back and the things that they'll share because they'll come around and they'll speak to my new team and you know, we try to keep those guys involved just to yep. – because they all come from such a different background and different um, adversities and been over to couple things that I try to put, you know, those guys and any other player that has gone on to do great things in front of our kids. And, you know, obviously as being a football coach, playing in the Super Bowl brings so much weight. So, And there's three such good kids to be able to put in front of, of mm-hmm. my current you know, player. So those are things I'm really looking forward to on the backside of it. It's just the stories, uh, not just about Super Bowl, but just, you know, the adversity that they had to overcome to get there. Yeah, it it ain't easy, as they say. Mark Hodge on the line, new head coach at Spartanburg. I said at the top, we got a, a lot of ground to cover. So before we get to the, the new gig, and, and you told me yesterday when I set up the interview that you're, you're still at Chapman uh, wearing that hat, getting ready for the Spartanburg job back and forth and all that. So uh, before we get into what it's like to be a head coach, in two different areas. Uh, let, let's start with the success that you had at, at Chapman. Uh, you're coming off a, a 3A state championship, a, a couple of titles over the last several years. Um, and, and you know where I'm going to go with this question? You mentioned what Carolina was like when you got there. What is it that happened at Carolina that maybe set the tone for the success at, at Chapman? Is that a fair question? 
Sure. We, uh, you know, I grew up in a small town uh, in Packlet, South Carolina, and uh, it was an old mill town, and the mill had closed, so it was really a poor town. And, um, you know, I was very blessed that we grew up uh, where race and economics never played a factor because nobody had money, and in order to do anything, you had to have everybody. So, um, you know, we just grew up where the blacks and the whites listened to the same music and we we did the same things and we just were friends. And uh, I think that totally carried over into coaching um, because I had friends uh, who didn't have money and who were of a different race that, that, uh, you know, we spent the night with each other and we were in the same classes and they did phenomenal things. And um, then when I was able to coach at Broome, DJ Moore is such another dynamic story. You know, his, a lot of a lot of family struggles in his life and he had nothing was going to tell you he was going to be successful and then you know he just continued to fight the you know the good fight and goes to Vanderbilt and then goes on to play for the Bears and he ruined it for everybody else uh, because what he was able to overcome I then told the rest of my players you don't have an excuse you know <laughs> it, it, it's a decision and and we mentioned the blind side movie every now and then the reason the blind side of the movie is because he accepted the help and so many people don't accept the help that, that God gives them. Mm-hmm. And I really believe that, you know, God will take people out of your life that's not good for you, but replace them with people better. And, and too often, uh, kids especially, they want to hang on what they don't have or who they don't have versus who God has put in their life. So that experience is, we went to Carolina and said, you have two choices. You're going to win or quit, and we're not going to let you quit. So you're kind of out of choices. And we put in a some academic requirements and, and we put in some dress requirements where we wore ties on Wednesday and then we required the team to clean up the, the cafeteria and, and do some community service projects and some other things, brought some FCA stuff involved with it. And um, we just didn't give them anything, you know, an excuse. And, and the kids did a great job of buying in. Then you throw in some great players on top of that. And, uh through that and, and through developing the relationships, because trust is a big thing, um, you know, especially in, in uh, rough situations and poor economic situations. And once the kids trusted us that they mattered and it wasn't that the game mattered, mm-hmm. um, then they get became so much better at everything. And we just slowly were, was changing the culture. And then that team, my last year, it was we uh, went to the third round uh, and actually fumbled um, – at the very end of the ball game, we're about to kick a field goal to win. And uh, we lost uh, by two. Um, but it was the first time in 25 years that they'd been to the third round. And that kind of catapulted us back into Spartanburg County because um, I'd been blessed to be on a state championship team as a coordinator at Broome. Um, so, it was, you know, we're, Spartanburg's tight, so we're kind of known already. But then our successes at Carolina, um, you know, it's kind of put us at the, the forefront of the opportunity at Chapman. Mm-hmm. And then we got to Chapman, and it's uh, it's still about fifty percent uh, poverty. It's got a you know, it's an old mill town as well, um, but you had a little more uh, of an affluent factor as well. Um, so we were able to bring the experiences from Carolina, same expectations, but actually had more support. Um, we had more administrative support and more financial support, and better facilities, a great community in Inland, South Carolina. And they quickly just embraced everything that we were trying to do. So we took the things that, that we did at Carolina and actually increased them here. We, uh, great expectations. You know, if you uh, uh, if you have a D, you're not allowed to play in the ball game. Um, mm-hmm. So every player on our team had A, B, or C 
in all classes in every games that they played. And that was due to the administration and the community supporting the things that we were trying to do. But we started those things at Carolina. So we were just able to, to you know, continue to grow, had, had a bigger staff, had a more experienced staff, had a better strength program, a true certified strength conditioning coach, just just a much better all-around support structure for the kids. And then you threw on top of that that, uh, you know, God threw a little bit of DNA on top of it, and we were able to, you know, really take off the last four or five years. Yep. 53-5, and five, I think I read uh, a couple of championships in there. Mark Hodge is the, the, the guy at uh, at Spartanburg now, the new head coach, but he's still at Chapman. So before we go to that, uh, how are you balancing this here? I, I, one thing I heard you say to me yesterday when we were talking was, you know, I want to close out Chapman in the right way. So tell us a little bit about the two hats you're wearing right now and how you're handling it. Yes, sir. You know, and it was a very emotional decision. I was at Spartanburg about 12 years ago as a defensive coordinator, and Spartanburg is a very unique situation in high school football. It's a, um, it's got a very established tradition with some Hall of Fame coaches, and um, but it's also so ingrained in the city that uh, not too many places. There's no other place in South Carolina that where the high school is as ingrained in the actual city of Spartanburg. And I don't, you know, I, I don't know about the rest of the country, but in, in South Carolina, it is, it's its own unique um, situation. And they've got a new school and, and, and everything's really grand over there. But, and I say all that to say Chapman had become home. This had become our program. And we had a vision of, of, of how we wanted to do things and the administration was supportive and we we're putting it together and we we're winning and I wasn't thinking about any place else. I was thinking about, you know, how what's our next step here? Um, but, you know, my former high school coach was the, the head coach, Chris Miller, at Spartanburg. And um, he just decided it was time for him to step away. And, you know, within a week's time, we just felt like God was saying, look, I've prepared you to go back and do some things that, that really we feel like has never been done. Um, and it was hard because this is home. My wife you know, works here. All three children are in the school system. I have nothing but great things to say about this place. So it truly came down to um, making a, a spiritual decision that we just felt like we were being led. And, uh, you know, I, I preached to our kids, you got to know who you are and you got to recognize your calling. And then you, you've got to have, you know, the guts to follow through and, and follow your calling. And, and it's just was an opportunity or not an opportunity. It was a calling that we felt like we needed to answer. And, mm-hmm. uh, so it was really hard, but some good things. We had 25 seniors. Uh, it's the first ever undefeated team um, at the school. So we, we did a lot of great things and we don't have as many juniors. We have very few juniors. So that made it easier to, to tell the kids, but I tell them, you know, all my seniors when we get, when we kind of end is you're about to step into the unknown. You're about to, to, to really, you know, go places you've never been it's going to be exciting it's going to be strange there's going to be times you're going to be afraid there's going to be you know just so many emotions you you haven't encountered in situations you haven't been in i said the difference this year is is when you leave i i get to go with you and experience the same thing so um you know told them really looking forward to getting back together at a 25 year reunion and just see what all god's done with with everybody that's stepping out in mm-hmm. faith on this you know at this time but so what I'm having to do now is our, our banquet and our ring ceremony is actually February 12th. Um, winning is great, but it also brings uh, um, other bills. You know, when you're trying to do 
championship sweatshirts and championship rings and mm-hmm. championship banquets. And so it adds a, a financial burden, so to speak. Um, so what I want to make sure we do is that that banquet is first class and it's, it recognizes our, our children like they deserve and that the place is left absolutely spotless. The equipment room is in shape and the everything's clean and then there's no debt. Like I want the next guy to come in and, and be able to, to love my kids and not have to worry about tying up loose ends because um, they'll still be my kids. You know, yep. the, uh, We run our program all the way down to the seventh grade, so I'm dear to – for about five more years, I'm really close to, to some children. So, yep. um, so I want the next guy to be able to come in and not worry about anything but loving him and taking care of them. Uh, and then on the other side, I'm having to go create and, and you know establish at Spartanburg. Uh, good things. I know a lot of people there. Uh, a lot of the administration was there when I was there. I've had close relationships with, so that helps. Um, but it's a Splitting your it's, it's hard enough to do one, uh, but having to kind of split between two, it, it makes it a makes it interesting and creative. Yeah, the only time when schizophrenia is allowed, I think we've got to hold down exactly. two different positions. So let's uh, finish up here, uh, Coach Hodge, uh, the new guy at Spartanburg. You mentioned how unique it is there. You mentioned a Hall of Fame coach that you're following, and and Chris Miller, who you know very well, Coach Miller. Uh, I think five state championships in the state. Uh, so so what do you do when you go in there? What's the, the what's the thumbprint you 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 put down there on that foundation, and where do you go from here in in 2020? Yeah, the. I met actually with the, the kids for the first time yesterday in the, in the current staff. And uh, the last two or three years, God's really been putting on my heart player development. Uh, you know, football is football. Any great football team, uh, the schematics are, are very similar. Uh, you know, cover two is cover two, and a, a flood route is a flood route, and stick route is a stick route. So the football aspect is, is pretty common wherever you go. Um, but the last – you know, roughly two years for sure, I've been studying the support structures that the colleges provide. Um, and what started that was about six years ago when the Vanderbilt and was watching a freshman quarterback who had just enrolled in January and February doing collegiate stuff. And at that time, I thought, well, if he can do it in February, he could have done it in October. Mm-hmm. So then we put in basically college schematics. Everything we do is 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 you know pretty advanced mentally. Um, our weight room is, is top-notch. Uh, we have meetings and study halls and everything else, just like you were at a collegiate program. For the last two years, I've been studying the other part of it, the off-the-field side, the support structures, the academic services, and the, the player development programs, and um, the psychological and physiological side of the game, and, and, and that part, operations. And uh, what I've been coming to is if it's right for a – a college freshman, it should also be right for a, a high school senior. I, there's been a big disconnect between high school structures and collegiate structures, and that's not just in athletics, it's in academics as well. Well, you're starting to see a transition in the academic side of high school where it's merging more and becoming more like the collegiate environment. Mm-hmm. And um, Spartan High's new building is designed for that. It's got a lot of just independent learning sites and, and a lot of places for for kids to do individualized instruction. And it's just it's a college campus that's actually put into a high school setting. But well, we want to do the same thing with a football program, you know, uh, you know, with our requirements um, off the field. Um, our player development program, the name of it is is refined, and that goes along with the. 
Spartanburg is known for their gold helmets and their gold buses. Um, so that that tags uh, along with that, but it's it's about developing the player, the person. We want our kid when they leave um, the program to be as ready as they can possibly be for the next step in their life. And we want to develop a program where all grandmothers and mothers want their children to go to uh, to our school and be in our program, not because they got a chance to win a state championship, but because they know that we're doing all we can to help prepare their kids to live a better life than, than their parents did. Um, so that's the big thing that I try to get them to understand. Is our expectations are not about winning. Our expectations are about making you better people and giving you the support structures and the services to allow you to become great because you're created to be great. You know, I told them I forgot. I've had a player pass away in my arms before. I've had a player shoot and kill his pregnant girlfriend before. I've had a player be shot and killed for doing stupid things before. But I've also had players going to be doctors and lawyers and, and teachers and come back and coach for me and, and be um, you know, just great members of society, and but all of them were created to be. It's just their choices led them, you know, to where they are or, or to, to bad situations. So we want to make sure that we put them in front of so many people and so many resources that they're safe, that they're comfortable, and that they're prepared, um, and just anything else that we need to provide them so when they are out on their own um, that they can, you know, successfully compete and, and thrive in, in in the real world, so to speak. Yeah. And if you do all those things, then, you know, if you got good coaches that are running good schematics, you'll win as many football games as you're supposed to. What I said was the profession is a wonderful one, does so much for our young kids. And, and you know what, before I, I said that was the last question, I have one more for you. I had Coach uh, Tom Knotts on the on the show last week. He uh, was our National Coach of the Year. He's done wonderful things there at, at Dutch Fork. But I, I didn't ask him this question. I'm going to ask you, since you are kind of a lifer there, right? I, I think that South Carolina football, though, here and there you hear a story about the Rock Hill area and all that. I think in general, <clears throat> excuse me, high school football is coming, coming up and, and getting noticed a little bit more in the state. How would you, if you put on your Chamber of Commerce hat, describe high school football in the state of South Carolina right now? Well, per capita, I mean, it's going to be in the top five. You know? I think it's in the top five of, of, of all the states in America as for what it does. It, uh, um, you know, you have the Rock Hill area and the, and the Columbia area where Coach Knotts is, and then you have the Anderson area, which is really invested, and Spartanburg is, is perennially invested. Um, and then the Charleston, you got so many major areas that are really invested in the athletic programs in general. And then, you know, say per capita as far as NFL players, it's in, I think it's in the top 10, if I'm not mistaken, as mm-hmm. the kids in NFL. So you got great athletes too, but the administrations in the state understand that uh, oftentimes it's not the math teacher and it's not the science teacher that's truly connecting and making a difference with with some of these kids it's the athletics and the arts and the extracurricular the band and rotcs and then when you can combine those with the classroom teachers then you you get amazing uh results and that's what south carolina has done a phenomenal job of doing is is making athletics and extracurricular and academics kind of on an equal um playing field as far as expectations and support structures and then when everybody's working together you know, excellence just becomes what's expected regardless of where you are when you're on this campus. And uh, they do a phenomenal job of that. And I'm, you know, super blessed to, to be where I am and in this state. And great coaches, too. The coaches, 
are very competitive, but they, they tend to take care of each other as well. Yeah, that's the key to it all. Well, I've, I've got to, we moved to Atlanta a couple of years ago. I've got 15 states I've watched high school football in personally. I have not been to South Carolina. I think you convinced me that I need to make a trip to Spartanburg <laughs> in, in 2020. Yeah, it's it's such close proximity. You know, you have Spartanburg, which has such a history, and Dorman, which has such a history. It burns, you know, and then Gaffney's right next door in Union County. I mean, just so many schools, Greer, just in a in a 30-mile radius that on any year, um, you know, has an opportunity to win a state championship. And it's just a, a very unique spot just in our little 30-mile radius, much less the rest of the state. Well, uh, we took about 30 minutes of your time. I appreciate that. We covered a lot of ground there. Uh, we all started at the, the, the beginning, which is yet three players uh, playing in the Super Bowl. Coach, we wish you nothing but success there with the Vikings. Uh, congrats on, on a great career to this point. And uh, like, like you said, uh, maybe uh, five overtimes and <laughs> one of your players making the game-winning play on, on Sunday uh, coming next week. So thanks for joining us on the show. Thank you. God bless you now. Mark Hodge, the new head coach at... Spartanburg High School in South Carolina. Hey, don't forget to check out the High School Football America Coaches Job Board. We've got new openings going up daily, and if you have an opening, you have some needs out there, make sure you email us at jobposting at highschoolfootballamerica.com. That's today's High School Football America podcast. I'm Jeff Fisher.